welcome everybody to Safety From Home Live QA with uh, Nina Sunday. And it is my pleasure to welcome our guest today, Dr. David McIver. Now, David is a work health and safety consultant with 30 years experience. He's a chartered health and safety professional with the Australian Institute of Health and Safety and a member of the Ergonomics Society uh, of Australia. He's also an inaugural fellow of the Australian Institute of Company Directors. So very well qualified. And I came across his book, Working From Home, which is available on Amazon. And I went, well, perfect. Even though that book was written during uh, before COVID, what a perfect book now for in COVID. So are you finding it's uh, racing off the shelves off Amazon and becoming a bestseller? <laughs> yeah. Yes, they keep sending me little uh, uh, royalties and, and so on. Oh, nice. That's very nice. Well, we've got a few questions to ask you, but is there any um, opening statement you want to tell us about, you know, what, what used to happen with big companies and staff working from home before COVID and then COVID came along and suddenly we all had to just go into our homes and the, we kind of had to not really dot the I's and cross the T's, but now we're getting back to, well, what are the issues around safety that we have to be mindful of mm. and that maybe managers and leaders need to now really look at what do we need to advise our, our, our people so they do stay safe? So mm. what would you like to share with us? Well, as, as you said, Nita, well, thank you, Nita, and welcome, everybody. Uh, I have been in the health and safety game now for uh, 30 odd years, very odd years. When I first started out, the focus was pretty much on factories and uh, fixed workplaces, manufacturing plants and, and so on. And over time, of course, manufacturing's uh, dried up to a great extent and a lot of people are now employed in the information and technology sectors and they don't need to come into a central workplace in order to be productive. And uh, there's lots of books around I found on uh, working from home, but there was nothing I could find anywhere that talked about working safely from home. So I, I wrote the book. Yeah. And uh, as part of my publicity campaign, I created the COVID-19 virus, which meant that <laughs> instead of... You're the one. <laughs> instead of... Uh, est estimates were that within the next couple of years, up to 50% of people would be working full or at least part-time remotely and most of the time from home. That figure currently is probably 90%. And although some people are desperate to get back into the central workplace and so on, my hunch is that the remaining figure is probably going to be 60 to 70% of people who can work from home will continue to do so part-time. That is actually uh, the, the trend because the genie's out of the bottle. Some exactly people right. like hybrid working. They actually like having some days at home and with the option to go in office uh, in person. So, mm. and of course, some, some of the uh, people that really thrive on the in-person uh, environment, they'll always want to be working uh, in office, but there's certainly exactly a high right. percentage wanting yep. that hybrid mix. Yeah. So I think the first thing around safety would be ergonomics. Would that be right? Well, yeah, particularly at, at the moment, uh, but it was the, the major feature before COVID. And now that a lot of people are actually working from home, unfortunately, what we're finding is that they're actually sitting at the kitchen table 
uh, on a kitchen chair using a laptop and the problem with a laptop is that if you have it on the table the keyboard's the right height but the screen is far too low so people are leaning forward and getting oh. sore necks and sore shoulders and so on. Yes. But if you get the screen at the right height it means the keyboard's going to be too high, it'll be up here. Mm. So uh, what we talk about is uh, just adjusting your workstation. It doesn't have to be anything fancy initially but if you just get some thick books, I mean once upon a time we had telephone books, they were ideal. But I get some books. Use, I use um, yep, yep, four about three or four of those to yep, lift yep. your screen up to a height where you can look straight ahead and, and see the screen. Uh, and then you invest in a separate keyboard. Now you can either get a cable keyboard plugged into the USB, uh, which gives you more options, or you can use Bluetooth. That's probably uh, why also, I like using the PC because it's a separate keyboard and it yeah. just feels uh, better for if I'm working for long, long stints. Well, it's, it's crazy because when computers first came out, there were great big clunky things on desks and uh, the screen and the uh, keyboard were all put together in the one unit and uh, it was horrible. Then we got better. We separated the screen from the, uh, the keyboard so we got a bit of adjustability. And... Uh, now we've gone back to laptops where everything's uh, stuck into together again. And I suppose um, managers are really concerned about Wi-Fi security and uh, making sure that, you know, if they're doing work on their computer that, you know, it's not hackable. So what, what do... Um... It's almost the elephant in the room, Nina, that uh, in your home, if you're using your home Wi-Fi system, to do work for the employer and in your home you have a smart TV connected to the internet or you have a fridge that's connected to the internet, they are entry points into a home Wi-Fi system. Right. Uh, now, with, if you're working for what, from home for, say, a big bank or something like that, then they go through all kinds of virtual networks and so on before you get into their mainframe. But uh, most employers won't have that degree of sophistication. So uh, it's just one of the factors to think about is Wi-Fi security in your home, where you probably don't have all the firewalls, and uh, therefore you need to be thinking about the kind of work you might be doing from home. So they have to get some sort of virus protection that has a firewall as well? Well, that would be on your own, own computer. and. Uh, uh, it, it really means you go back to your employer. Uh, well, take a step back. Uh, we've always advocated that the employer and the employee need to uh, enter into a formal arrangement called a flexible working arrangement or working from home arrangement. And I can provide you links to example documents uh, and, and so on. And uh, what this agreement would do is uh, spell out what the employer has to be doing and what the employee or the worker has to be doing, who's going to pay for what, uh, whether the uh, home working conditions are going to meet the requirements of the health and safety legislation, which still apply to uh, someone who's working from home, and also issues like... Uh, uh, are you allowed to do uh, uh, other work on your uh, work computer? Uh, well, I suppose uh, what... we can we can put links to these uh, 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 agreements on on our on our site and uh, through the through the podcast. Yeah, I guess we don't want to put a whole stack of work on on people's uh, desks about agreements because we've kind of just had to very quickly 
you know, shortcut all of that just by virtue of necessity. But these are the things we can be thinking about. If we're turning it into a long-term working from home arrangement. That's good. Let's the, go back uh, the, to that the, physical safety, like electrical safety. Is there, well, what can you say about that? Yep. Uh, it's easy to forget that everyone gets uh, sort of uh, uh, focused on the, uh, the uh, screen-based equipment and the computer workstation and so on. But uh, in a normal central workplace, not only do you have your workstation and your office or that kind of area, but you will have corridors leading to tea rooms, corridors leading to uh, uh, toilets and washrooms and things like this. So that, in fact, the workplace includes not just the office, but uh, all the surrounding uh, provisions and amenities and environment and so on. There was a case a couple of years ago where a woman working from home in Queensland, uh, working for Telstra from home, tripped over some uh, obstacles in her corridor and was injured. And she put in a workers' comp claim, uh, uh, which was denied and went through to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court ruled that because she was engaged in doing work for Telstra, Telstra had a legal duty of care and also uh, she was entitled to compensation for the injury that occurred. Could so, it be that the, uh, the employer had not sent a, a little checklist such as make sure you don't have toys around where you walk? And you know how you often go to uh, public places where they have watch your step, those sort of signs, it kind of covers them against... Well, uh, the, the, the signs don't actually from a legal point of view but if we talk about bc bc stands for before covid yeah uh, 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 the idea was starting to come through particularly with the banks and insurance companies that they would actually send people around to the workers home to do an assessment of their uh, proposed workplace and and so on now I'm dc sure i want somebody coming into my house to do an assessment. <laughs> well you're, you're, you're lucky enough to be working for yourself, right? Uh, so it's pretty much up to you. But if you were doing work for a, a, a larger organisation and uh, they have a legal duty of care for you in, while you're doing work for them, because that's what the legislation now focuses on, the work that people are doing, then they, they have a, a, a responsibility to make sure that you can do your work in a healthy and safe uh, workplace. Now, BC, before COVID, that meant one thing. After COVID, AC, probably this time next year, hopefully, it'll mean something different. That is that there will be an expectation for some serious inspections and assessments of home-based workplaces. I've, I've heard more than once that sitting is the new smoking. <laughs> so have you got any comments around how often we should stand up, uh, whether we should sit less, move more when we're working? Well, I mean, obviously, uh, that, that's the, the case. And one of the great traps is uh, somebody particularly uh, working on a computer where the person becomes an extension of the keyboard and the, the screen, that they actually don't move as much as they, they should be. So uh, in the olden days, BC, uh, we would advocate, say, 10 minutes every hour or so, uh, get up, move around, and, and so on. Uh, Oh, 10 minutes and every hour, so they should work for 50 and stop for 10. Basically, yeah. I agree now, with the, that. The, uh, uh, the modern uh, uh, thing to do now is to get a desk 
uh, with, which can either be adjusted in height or have buy a, a frame or something like that from yeah. Officeworks and, and so on. And you can put your workstation up on that. Now, in my home Stand office, I have two electrically operated sit-stand desks. So I can just push a button and uh, oh. it raises up. Uh, I've been so looking on. for one of those. I found it very difficult to find. Is there a particular... Yep. You can you can send me a, a list of brands oh, well. later. Just Google ergo motion. Oh, yeah. that was the, that was the term I did not have. Ergo motion. <laughs> That's the name of the company in, in Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, you'll be looked after. Tell them I sent you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, now uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, standing up doesn't mean that you're going to be standing up all the time. So you still we're talking about probably ten minutes in the hour, ten minutes every hour. Uh, on your feet, so that you're standing up, which still means you're going to sit down for forty odd minutes, which means you still need a good chair. Yes. But if you want to think about the best height for your work surface, whether you're standing or sitting, where your elbow uh, is, your fixed elbow height is roughly the right sort of height to uh, to be uh, to have you your mean work if surface. I just position my elbows on the table. No, put your elbows comfortably by your side. Oh, yes. So that your forearms are roughly horizontal onto your keyboard and so on. Yes. That's a rough rule of thumb. Oh. So if you're sitting, your desk will be down that low. That's really if you go to stand, you yes. still want to have your elbows by your side and forearms roughly horizontal uh, onto the, really uh, the work surface. So, so to plug it, but we talk about this fairly extensively in, in the book. Yes. Uh, yes, exactly. Which um, and which, and uh, then to uh, link to Amazon from Working uh, from Home Safety Handbook by David McIver. And dare I say it? If you go to www.worksafetyathome.com.au, you'll get all the details there too. Anyway, uh, what we talk about, and this came up in a previous podcast of yours, Nina, uh, with people zooming all the time. Uh, the research is now indicating that the, the 40, 50 minutes at a time on Zoom is just about as much as people can normally uh, handle. Uh, so at least a five minute break, uh, sort of every 40, 50 minutes uh, and, and longer breaks after that. Now I've been running all day training sessions on Zoom and uh, I've, I've actually been forcing us all to take a five minute break every 50 minutes. And some people complain too many short breaks, but they're, they're missing the point that uh, we're analog creatures trying to use a digital medium and we've got to let our brains uh, sort things out. Well, I, I remember the previous conversation we had where you said one of the causes of Zoom fatigue is looking at the image of yourself on screen, which you can't help but do. It's like a mirror, you know, we, we kind of can't not look at it. But because I've taken the uh, position of always looking into the camera hole, because that gives me a better uh, a line of sight, it looks sure. better. Sure. I'm not actually looking at myself uh, <laughs> as much as I used to. And, yeah. what, and that's, and I, I know I commented recently, oh, I don't feel as exhausted after Zooming as I used to. It's because mm. I now actually look at where exactly the, the pin, pinhole of the camera is because mm. that gives me a better, you know, eye to, eye to camera uh, impression. And it, it looks better for the, uh, the viewers. So um, that's a little clue, eh? 
Uh, we're, go we're going to open up the lines very shortly. Perhaps if you put in the chat box, yes, if you would like to ask a question, uh, uh, or you know, just uh, vocally, verbally. Uh, otherwise, put a question in the chat box because we've just got a few more um, uh, headings and then we'll be heading off because uh, short and sweet is the idea. Yep. Look, there's psychological safety and avoiding psychosocial hazards. What are the biggest uh, psychological safety hazards uh, from, about working from home? Well, there's a couple of things all to, together. One is uh, uh, not, not being able to get away from work. If you've, if you've got your office just down the corridor and so on, then it's far too easy just to uh, finish your day's work and then duck back in after dinner and, and so on. And we get people uh, sort of, uh, what we advocate, and you'll see down the side of my screen there, I've got the little mnemonic uh, working from home safely, and the S stands for simulate. In other words, simulate your normal workday routine. So if you normally get up at 7 a.m., uh, and get ready and have breakfast and then uh, get in the car or the train and go into it. We, we uh, suggest you simulate that as much as you can so that if your normal start time is 8.30, 9am, say, that's what time you turn your computer on working from home so that your colleagues know it's 7.30am, that Nina is not going to be online waiting or doing work and, and so on. She's got a, a life to lead. And same thing at the end of the day, that if it's 5pm comes and that's your normal knockoff time, then that's basically when you uh, stop being available. Uh, a, a colleague actually referred to making sure you have a digital sunrise. In other words, you get up at 7 or 6.30am, that doesn't mean you turn your phone on. And far too many people, and sometimes me, turn the to, first thing you do when you get up in the morning uh, is turn your phone on, and then you I'm say really hello to your partner. Said that because I'm working from home, and I've actually made I discovered this in winter, where I'd work to five thirty, which is fine in summer, but I'd look out, go out to the front, and it'd be dark already. And mm. I went, Nina, you're missing the sunset because I think one day I missed a glorious sunset, or nearly missed it. And I went, I'm going to make a point of seeing the sunset. So I made a point of knowing when the sunset was, because it gets later and later as we approach summer. And so now I make a point of watching the sunset. Now, if I get up early enough, I make a point of checking out the dawn. And I always in the middle of the day go, it's time to see some blue sky. Yeah, so yep. or whatever is the colour of the sky. And, and so so. I'm finding that by making that a habit, that it's actually bringing little moments of joy in my life. And going back to what you said earlier about uh, taking a break every 10 minutes, uh, every hour, I did read some research about happiness at work. And one is, it's one thing to be a worker, but we actually are a better worker if we're happy. And frequent short breaks makes a human happy. We're not a robot, we're not a machine, and we just have to accept that we're taking a happiness break. And that's what yep. those little five minutes and, are. And the other thing is, in terms of psychological uh, uh, health and safety and, and so on, uh, again, w w as human beings, we are hardwired 
to work in groups. Our whole survival history ancient times depended on our ability to work in groups and communicate and, and so on. So sitting from home, looking at a computer screen is all good and well, but we really need to continue to reach out to maintain our, our social networks, maintain contact with our colleagues. And it doesn't have to be done by Zoom. It could be just picking up a telephone and yeah. talking to a, a colleague, a friend and so on, yeah. uh, just to, to keep in contact with what's going on in the workplace. And the same thing applies to making contact with your managers or whoever it is you report to and, and, and so on. To yeah, keep that if your manager isn't scheduling a one-on-one -on -one with you, maybe you could just pick up the phone and have a one-on-one -on -one with them. Well, just because we've got a new toy called Zoom or uh, WebEx or Teams or something, uh, yeah, let's just talk to people and, and so on. And that right, also means getting out and going for walks. And, and, yeah. and uh, all right, you might have got to maintain social separation, 1.5 metres, if you don't mind. But... Uh, get out and, and go for walks and uh, keep that thing going. All right, I'll share the question that's come in. It's from Chris. Uh, you mentioned BC before COVID that organisations would go out and do an assessment of an employee's house. What would you recommend at the moment during, during you know, lockdowns and in, in Victoria and Australia, it's called stage three and stage four. It's in different parts of the world. They could name it differently. But there are restrictions of our, of our movement how is an employer going to do that assessment? Well, maybe we have to wait until down the track, would you say? Well, we can also use self-assessments. Uh, at the okay. moment, I think it's reasonably practicable for a, a, someone working from home to be given a checklist to do a self-assessment. Now, the, the regulators have uh, lots of information on uh, uh, appropriate checklists and so on. Uh, Safe Work Australia, national body, has uh, a lot of material. Uh, we've, we've got checklists and part of the uh, uh, what we can offer is a checklist, first of all, for your chair, a checklist for your screen-based equipment and a, a safety checklist for your home. If, uh, and they're complimentary if people want to get access to those checklists. Uh, and also the, an example of what a, 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 a agreement, a flexible working agreement might look like that you that people can enter into with their employer. So and I'm going to add a, a link to one of your checklists uh, on the uh, on the page that we uh, yeah, host, yeah. host this interview. And yeah. uh, if you're if you're listening to the Manage Self Lead Others podcast, uh, that that link will also be there as well in the uh, show notes. Yeah. Yep. Well, we're going to close very shortly. Are there any final questions before I uh, thank uh, Dr. McIver? And of course, uh, you might have some parting words of wisdom, David. <laughs> well, look, you've already observed, Nina, that if, uh, if we had five days, I could talk five days nonstop under wet concrete with barely a breath because I am a speaker sorry, like I you. I had to kind of keep us moving <laughs> along there. <laughs> but uh, look, I tried to BC, as Chris has picked up, uh, uh, BC, uh, I tried to uh, uh, compile the material needed for the, the trend of working from home. Uh, and it's that book at worksafetyathome.com.au if you have a look at it. Uh, that one there, yeah, or go, it's on Amazon Kindle and hopefully next week it's available through Amazon as a hard copy too. Yeah, because I, I really like hard copy. You know, I can actually write notes. I, did, I filled, uh, filled the first page with a ton of notes. <laughs> one final question. 
And uh, I think I commiserate with this one or resonate with it. Are there privacy implications entering an employee's home? Because I don't want anyone doing an assessment going back and saying, oh, guess what I saw in Nina's home, blah, blah, blah. Or she's got four cats. I don't, but <laughs> you know, whatever. You don't want them gossiping about how, how you live. Uh, look, obviously there are these sort of uh, considerations to make and that that's where you would enter into an agreement with your employer or, or, or whatever you call them uh, uh, in terms of what they're going to inspect and, and so on. But it, it's, uh, uh, it's hard to define any sort of uh, specific line there. If, if indeed your organisation, your employer has a formal policy of no smoking in the workplace, Oh, then an interesting one. that what are you policy about would be expected to apply in your designated home office. Uh, even though it's your home, outside. you might be smoking 20 a day. Uh, the expectation is if you're at work, you're not smoking. Now, how you enforce that, obviously, it's, it's, it's got to come back to uh, some sort of uh, self-regulation uh, self and all the rest of it. But uh, privacy implications, yeah, they... We, we note those and obviously we can, uh, we can come to terms with those. Okay, so we all have to give up smoking inside our homes and that's, well, not me, I don't smoke. I'm just saying it's a good idea. It's very good. I, I, I actually didn't say that, Nina, but... Uh... <laughs> it's a, no, it's good for people's long-term health. Oh, I gave up smoking <laughs> long, decades and decades ago. I only did it for a short time. Uh, like a lot of people did and then stopped, which is great. Look. Uh, I think we've come to the end of our time. Yeah. David, you just know so much. And if you want to know more, just get the book. And uh, I, I appreciate you making your time here to be available for our podcast and our live Q&A. So thank you very much. Thank you to our participants. And um, see you next time. Pleasure, Nina. Thank you, David. Bye-bye.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.